Uh, well, welcome to the Cinnabums uh, with John and Luke here. Um, today we Hello. are talking about uh, we are talking about Spider-Man Two, uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man Two. Um, if you don't know, there's a new Marvel Sam Raimi movie that's out right now, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So we thought we'd go back and revisit uh, a uh, a previous marvel sam raimi movie um and one that we uh we really like a lot so um, yeah yeah as luke mentioned before we started that this would be the first time we are covering a uh, superhero movie so yeah it's a monumental day right Uh, and it's it's my favorite one too so that's like why it's uh, also a big deal and um this uh, movie's very personal to me, uh, for sure. So, um, be warned it's gonna get it's gonna get real up in here today. Oh uh, wow! Gonna say some very real things. Get the tissues ready. It's gonna be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be an emotional one. <laughs> but uh, before we get into that, uh, let's talk about what we've seen lately. Luke, you seen anything? Uh, Seen anything of note? Yes, <laughs> um, I've seen. Perfect. <laughs> uh, I watched a couple things. I watched one thing today to uh, start the day, which um, is pretty relevant because it won uh, the best picture. Uh, I watched Coda, um, which, and I will <laughs> say it's uh, just right off the bat. I'll say it's fantastic, and it definitely. Uh, deserve to win the best picture and I, I I think even though it did win best picture a lot of people still haven't necessarily all seen it uh, you know I feel like you could almost still make the argument that it is like slept on you know and whatnot I mean I I I barely got to it you know so um, but, yeah, but I still having to it. yeah having gotten to it I will say it, I would highly recommend it because it's um it's like a very like it's one it's like an easy movie to get into and it's also uh just like the story has like just yeah just uh i don't know there's a lot of heart to this movie and uh the story provides a lot of just great drama like she like coda apparently stands for um i'm gonna look this up i'm gonna fuck this up um (laughs) And it would be very. Oh, I've actually. Now. I think I've actually heard. Um, heard someone talk about um, this. It stands for Child of Deaf Adults. Um, so our agonist in Coda, basically, her entire family—not just her parents, but also her brother—they're deaf. So she grew up like that, and so for one, she also doesn't. You know, she doesn't relate to. Um, Anyone in school, probably because of that, she's even gotten made fun of a little bit. Um, And then also, her family is very reliant upon her uh, just to get through their life because every time they need to interact with someone, they need, like, um, her to, like, speak for them because everyone in the world, no one in the world understands sign language. So, you know, for them, that's... A tough time and so you see like i don't know the burden um that is like 
um, that they like so semi start to become for her, and it ends up being about her like having ambitions to like go to you know go away and go to college, but she's felt the need to you know she feels this obligation to her family having done nothing else like with her you know than with her family before so like it's just very it's just really um um interesting and an amazing story and uh it's well done so yeah i I would i would recommend getting dakota cool yeah that's on apple tv plus right Yes, it is. Um, and I had signed into Apple TV Plus um, because I wanted to watch that Severance show, which I'm still planning on starting. But then I also like so it, re- it. Like re- reminded me about Coda and the f- and and that I you know should see it. Um, it. Like I feel like in the past five years, I've never not like watched what one best picture so like yeah you know and i don't think i would have ever gotten to it necessarily this late in the game you know uh in may may after like the oscars were late this year but still we're in we're in may (laughs) like no one cares who won (laughs) best picture anymore except for me (laughs) (laughs) nobody's talking about it but me yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I bet you could ask you know a hundred people on the street. Maybe not in L.A., but uh, just your average American. Maybe but in one your best in picture this town, year, in your or something like. I'll that. go. Yeah, that we'll do that segment. I'll just go around and ask people what one best picture, and I bet the vast majority of people would not know that it was Coda. They would probably guess something. I maybe maybe licorice pizza or something. Something that was a little more well known, but there's no way that I would say eighty percent of people would would not know that it was Coda. Um, but yeah, and and that sucks because I yeah I'm sure it's a great movie and everybody's been talking about how great it is. But yeah, I hadn't even I didn't know too much about it before the Oscars except for you know when Jake was telling us about it. Yeah, and uh, it's also under his, list. like, remember that category, the gentle category? That motivated yeah. me to watch it, too, because I do like gentle films, and, mm-hmm. you know, I was just kind of starting my day with it. I find watching movies in the morning actually easier now for me than at night, because, um, I don't know, I find at night I'm, like, thinking about a lot of shit <laughs> these days, so... I don't know, like as a good fresh when you're fresh in the day and start in the day. I, I think Coda, yeah, Coda is definitely a good one for that. If you're like having coffee to start the day, it's very, yeah, it, it is a gentle film. Um, and I think that's part of the reason that motivated me to watch it. Cause I, well, I, I was like, oh, this is supposed to be good. I, I definitely um, was better than uh, I expected it to be uh so like yeah it's it's like yeah it's like it's very good nice yeah there's this comedian i don't know if you uh you know moshe kasher uh at all but uh no um but he actually his his like parents were both deaf and so he grew up as like a coda too so he he has a podcast with his wife where he's talked a little bit about uh, about that, and he has some. He has like some funny bits about doing that. But yeah, that's. Uh, I never even like thought about 
um, you know, those kids like that, like there are yeah. plenty of children out there who are uh, of death, have deaf parents. And that's got to be such a unique circumstance to like grow up under. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm glad you uh, brought that up today because that reminded me I yeah. need to get to it. Yeah, yeah, it's also funny. Um, I it has a really good sense of humor, and is like, it's very uh, dramatic, but also they keep it very light a lot of the times too, and has charm. So that like that helps uh, through it because it could be, it could be a very heavy film, you know, <laughs> like way heavier <laughs> yeah. than it was. Really dark and stressful. Yeah, that's well, good. Cool. Um, you know, I'll go with something I saw recently that is a, uh, a newer movie as well. It's the Northman, uh, which we talked yeah. about for our last episode, um, because you had seen it. Yeah. And yeah, I loved the Northman. It is, uh, at the top of my <laughs> 2022 list so far. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's quite an amazing movie, right? Like, oh man. Yeah, when it was, was like just... happening, even I was like, "Wow, this is a movie," you know. Like that's what <laughs> yeah, I kept the... thinking because, like, like yeah. it's so big, it's so big, it's so loud. There's so much like sound design qualities to it, and uh, mm -hmm. the camera like goes everywhere, and uh, oh, everyone's God, so man. angry and fired up in the film too. It's just when I was just like, "This is a movie, man!" Like, that, I, yeah. Yeah, you don't always get this when you go to the theater, for sure. That's why I felt like, I was like, yeah, you got to see that in the theater, like on the biggest screen. Mm -hmm. How big was your screen, John? The exact aspect <laughs> ratio of yeah. your... Well, it, did, it wasn't uh, IMAX, ratio, unfortunately. Ah, but... uh, okay. They, did, they didn't have... Uh, the theater I went to has an IMAX screen, but they weren't showing it on IMAX. And when I, I went last week, which is also the week that it first went on, BOD. So I wonder if they're like slowing down some of the the bigger screenings um, for it, at least around here. Uh, which so it's crazy fast to go on BOD like this soon while it's still on its theater run. But yeah, I spent crazy. I spent the extra money to see it in the theater at least. And uh, this isn't spoiling anything for anyone who hasn't seen it, but. I just was so like in on this movie when, uh, well, I was, I mean, I would, like, there's a lot of anticip anticipation being built while, you know, um, Skarsgård's character is still the little kid. Um, but then when it cuts to that river, that shot of that river, and then the boat, yes, like, starts yeah, coming yeah. in the frame. I yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. That's what yes. I meant. Like, the camera yeah. kind of like, you know, it like goes along one of those wires that they, you know, you'll see um, mm -hmm. and it ends up on the boat and they're there and you're like, oh, shit, this is crazy. It just pushes yeah. in. Yeah, it yeah. pushes in. It's so calculated. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, because like, I think I said this last week, like the story is really simple, you know, it really is. But it's not like um, it's like about how like robert eggers like does everything you know in like telling it mm -hmm. it's all like very precise like he he's yeah he has a vision for sure 
Um, and like it works to really immerse in you in the movie. Like I, that's why I like it. It's yeah. just cause like, it's very immersive uh, for like, for sure. You feel like you were in Iceland um, when, yeah, while it's going on. Yeah, I was all of us in the theater. We were like doing their chanting along with them. Like it almost. <laughs> I I think I, I was like tempted to do that as well. You know, like. <laughs> I felt like we were all just gonna go hoo, hoo, just out of nowhere. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was so yeah. fired up. Yeah, yeah. That that's uh, like I don't remember the last time that I came home from uh, the theater and was that like amped up on. Yeah, you're like wired from it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like to. You're like suddenly I'm so angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's happening uh, to me? Like I just want to kick someone's ass right now. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> the first guy I saw stat, out of the theater, like how many yeah. how many dudes got in like fights the night of the Northmen? Like they, yeah. I'm gonna go to the I the closest Irish bar <laughs> and get the first fight that comes my way. You know. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I felt like. I felt uh, I felt manly for the first time in my life. Yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, but what a yeah, what a great movie. It was like you know, uh, obviously inspired by Hamlet, and so the story was very you know Hamlet Lion King along yeah. the same lines. Yeah, very so, Lion King. I felt. Yeah, yeah. So familiar, familiar story, but yeah, it just. Robert Eggers did such a great job of yeah, just getting you in this mm-hmm. setting, in this environment, in this world, mm-hmm. and all the you know more supernatural, right, like right. mystic stuff was so yeah, like mystic, so like too. some that would be in like a Lord of the Rings movie, you know, like yeah. Frodo meets the witch and falls into here or whatever, you know, it's kind of like that, yeah, and it's yeah, it adds like the mystic quality to old Iceland and all that stuff, yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't just uh, well, you know, it was a familiar story, but it still wasn't just like by the books. No, um, not not at all, not at all. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I really loved Northman. Can't wait to see it again. And uh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, what else? What else do I have to bring up? Um, okay. So I'll bring up one I watched like directly before. Um, we tried to start recording this episode for an hour. Um, I watched that. I, and uh, this, this is a weird, this is a weird movie. I bring up these kinds of movies often. Um, it's a weird, this is, this would be a weird indie movie with some stars. Um, it is called take this waltz and it stars, uh, Michelle Williams, uh, Seth Rogen, and also <laughs> Sarah Silverman is in there uh, <laughs> every now and then. Uh, Michelle Williams plays 28-year-old Margot, who is... <laughs> I'm reading the description. And I, I like... Partly to help me remember, but also because... Um, I, I, I'm going to keep reading it as it is, because I like the way it's worded. worded. Um, he says... 28-year-old Margot is happily married to Lou, who is Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen plays Lou, a good-natured cookbook author. <laughs> but when Margot meets Daniel, a handsome artist who lives across the street, 
their mutual attraction is undeniable. <laughs> so he's a a cookbook author. He's Isn't a cookbook that just like a author. Chef? Not like, exactly. Is... Apparently, yeah, it's very. I, so I didn't realize there there were people who are authors, but the only thing they wrote were. <laughs> Actually, like that is a thing because um, really, I forget what what I think it was might have been like I don't know I follow so many like famous chefs but it could have been Gordon Ramsay or something like that like his wife like his wife writes cookbooks or something like that like that's a thing like there are people who just write cookbooks i don't know how they built up their cookbook writing reputation <laughs> you know like i don't know if there was an open mic night for the cookbooks or something like that i don't know how the hell you do that but i also don't know how you do most things so you know most things are very beyond me um so for the others it's like oh yeah she wrote cookbooks for years <laughs> and now yeah. she doesn't work and she's fine <laughs> you know She's an awful, uh, but, awful cook herself, but she can write the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the recipes on the recipes on the page are delicious. But I would never eat anything she cooks me. Yeah, yeah. Recipes are dynamite. Just don't let her cook them. Yeah, that's uh, wow, fascinating. But it's so it is funny to watch because like there's a lot of moments where. Um, because as I stated, Michelle Williams, she starts to like fall for this artist guy across the street who's like annoyingly typically handsome. And he's like this dude who he's an artist, but he he like he paints at his house, struggling artist, and he pays the bills by being a rickshaw driver around the town. <laughs> that's really all he does that's it that's who he is and of course he has this like free mentality and then he lusts he lusts after michelle williams um and but michelle williams uh margo is like really dedicated she's all she like she clearly is into him too but she's just so dedicated um to seth uh seth rogan lou um and like she so, but she keeps, yeah, so she won't let herself, like, you know, be unfaithful to him, but yet she keeps meeting with this guy um, over the course of the film. They hang out a bunch of times and basically talk to each other so much about, like, how they love each other and all this insane shit. But because she's so stubbornly, like, devoted to Seth, like, she just never does anything. But yet she weirdly keeps seeing him and... Um, and then whenever she's with Seth, it's like, clearly she feels like trapped that, um, I don't know. She feels just very trapped in her life all the time. Like clearly, um, but it's just, yeah, like her character is very frustrating to watch. I think because of that, cause she doesn't, uh, do really anything. She doesn't like, uh, yeah, she just does all these weird things, uh, like meeting up with the guy, and then she always feels bad for, um, you know, doing it to her husband. So she'll like Seth will be like cooking, you, you know, like in the kitchen, like writing his cookbook, um, and 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 it's funny because it's always chicken. That's like a running joke in the movie. They're like, he's he. She even tells like the artist guy, like, yeah. 
he's always making chicken, you know, like, like, you know, and how that like bothers <laughs> her and stuff. Um, but yeah, she'll like go, like, she'll try to, um, like basically like seduce Seth and like, you know, try to start like showing affection to him while he's cooking chicken always because she feels bad about seeing her art, you know, her artist neighbor. Um, and Seth will just be like making chicken and he'll be like, why why are you doing like you why are you trying to like fuck me so bad while i'm clearly deep into making this chicken <laughs> like he's like you know doing all these things like mixing seasoning and stuff and then she gets mad about it and uh um there's like a conversation at a bar where she's like why don't you uh talk to me about something and seth's like well there's nothing to talk about <laughs> like we live together and she's like you could at least try to talk to me about something. And she gets like sad about that. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it was a weird movie to, uh, to watch. And it's, uh, <laughs> but it, I, at the same time, I will say it is kind of a quality um, film to a degree, but I think it writes character. Um, it writes very frustrating characters and, um, the premise alone is just very was very ridiculous and stupid to me, but there is some well done things in it. Um, it's like kind of you know well directed and it's kind of an intimate you know it has intimacy with its characters and um, of course you know goes really hard into the role. Her character is just weird. And I, I liked Seth as the cookbook writer in this, I will say, too. I thought he was, um, you know, like, I think Seth, like, usually in romance roles is a very charming guy for me. So I thought, like, yeah, I thought it worked. And I thought him and Michelle Williams had good chemistry at not having chemistry. They're supposed to have an awkward dynamic in this. Like, it's supposed to be about, I don't know, they're trying to constantly play on the awkwardness and maybe existential like i don't know like marriage feeling like an existential trap at least for michelle williams because she's always like squirming in this she like she doesn't know where what she's doing with her life just because she's married i guess (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah i haven't heard of this sounds weird yeah i saw it on hulu and i just uh I just had to know <laughs> what this was about. <laughs> I do. I'm with you, though. Um, I, uh, you know, Seth Rogen is a, he's a charmer in these uh, rom-com roles. So, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Just in real life, too. I, I always enjoy yeah. a Seth Rogen interview because he always, he's always charming and just down to earth. Seems like. Yeah, so. yeah. He's just a good. Yeah, he's definitely charming. He's a good guy. Um, yeah, usually his interviews reinforce my like, like very excessive marijuana habits. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm doing good because he's doing good. <laughs> um, but yeah, like people always complain, like, you know, like how could Seth Rogen be with her in this movie? And it's like, all right, man, like Seth Rogen's like a movie star. He's not like, like let's get over. I don't think people were saying this as much anymore. Like. I think it was like very well known back in the day for like why was he with um, uh, Hot Catherine Heigl and knocked up, you know, like that sort oh, of thing. Yeah, and yeah. you know, like one that that's partly the point in that movie. And like 
I mean, aren't we aren't we past that? Like, haven't we seen enough movies where men are, you know, uh, reaching with women? I mean, we we have like it, it happens yeah. all the time. That's like I don't know. Sometimes the very basis of of a movie uh, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like the nice guy finally getting the hottie or, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know. That was all of the 2000s comedies. Yeah, if that's you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, every 2000s comedy, I feel like, was that. And um, I do remember as a kid, like, always eating it up like there wasn't enough of it, you know? Like, because I wanted to think that way for myself. I was like, oh, yeah the guy can get the girl, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, even though he is a weirdo in this, in this, you know? But, like, there's so many of that. Like, so we don't need us, us, like, us weird guys or, you know, whatever you want to call, like, like, we don't need any more, like, positive reinforcement from film, in my opinion, on that <laughs> you can get the girl, you know? It's, but, like, there's that she's out of my league with Jay Baruchel. Like, it's literally movie, yeah. the exact thing. Like, I've never seen it, but I know it's that thing. I mean, mm -hmm. it's you a know title. It's be. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, Seth Rogen and Michelle Williams, I think, are, like, a good pair. You know, it's nice to see, like, at least Seth's given some quality acting to do, which is, you mm -hmm. know, it's good. It's, like, a, it's a challenge to act alongside uh, Michelle Williams. Uh anyways what were you gonna say i was just gonna say have you seen uh seth rogan's houseplant tour with architectural digest uh you mean like the magazine uh yeah but they have like a youtube channel where they do it's called open door and they it's like cribs but like uh not um low brow, like in his, like in his house or it's like in the store in the house, well, they don't have a retail office. store. Yeah, the yeah, office. Yeah, office. so like all the stuff. I have not. I'd be into that for sure. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. I figured you would. Uh, but yeah, he's just. Uh, yeah. It's just another thing where you see Seth Rogen being uh, an endearing, uh, charming, charismatic guy. So, uh, nice. yeah. Cool. Take this waltz. Um, yeah, and also check out Seth Rogen in Take This Waltz with Michelle Williams <laughs> and Sarah Silverman. <laughs> I'm All saying right. see this, see it like it's coming out, but it's it's actually a movie from 2011. I'll be clear. Um, so a random film, but you can watch it on Hulu. Yeah, I'd have to imagine uh, if anyone's listening to this that they may be hearing about it for the first time. So. Um. <laughs> and they've heard about it a lot so they hear yes. enough about it they're probably there's no way in hell i'm watching that <laughs> all right well uh let's see another one of note i caught lately is uh three colors blue nice um, i've seen that i've seen the trilogy i did that last yes. year sometime <laughs> Now this is my, uh, I am beginning my journey into the Three Colors trilogy. Um, yeah, this is my first one. I had the, um, I was just going through HBO Max trying to find something to watch and just read the, uh, I've, I've heard of the Three Colors movies and heard great things about them. Um, 
but they seem like ones where you need to be in the right mood to get into, um, which I wouldn't necessarily agree with after seeing this uh, first one, but it seems intimidating at first. Like I need to be very present uh, watching. Right. But uh, just reading the plot summary um, for this about how uh, what's it, Juliet, you know, okay. I don't know if I'm Pinocchio. saying that right, but, but yeah, I don't know. One um, of well, yeah, don't, uh, yeah, don't, yeah, it's not mine necessarily. It's... <laughs> uh, anyway, the the uh, the lead in it, her, um, you know, the whole premise is that she loses her husband and child, and um, is basically withdrawing from everyone in her life and um, becoming so more of a shut in uh, due to this massive traumatic life change and. Um, seeing that made me interested in watching that because I've been trying to address my own agoraphobic habits developed over the past, you know, three years of working from home and then plus a couple of years of, uh, you know, lockdown that we all had. So, um, yeah, so that's why I think this movie is very uh, like Kimmy, which came out um, earlier this year. Uh, it's a a good look into um, sort of what happens to a person when they start withdrawing themselves from uh, just their social life and the people around them. And, uh, and yeah, yeah. So I thought it was a great um, look into that and it, uh, yeah, it, it got me, it got me thinking that, you know, I need to uh, stop being such a curmudgeon and, uh, get out uh get out into the world more so yeah it was a very inspiring movie i'm excited to see the uh rest of the trilogy yeah this one was is very it's a very heavy one um yeah and they have the main characters in a very dark place um is she is this this is the one where she has the composer husband right yeah and she had um she like helped write a lot of his yeah. arrangements and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. There's like a scene towards the end where they're like, they're like writing music together and stuff. Yeah. And that, that was really cool. Um, yeah. It's definitely a movie I could watch again. Overall, it's very, um, it's very uh, like a very beautiful film, but I could definitely watch it again for further understanding yeah yeah no i definitely felt it was uh um yeah it just uh can relate to a lot of people with what the past couple of years have been where um i know it it you know having to be forced to stay home is not a very difficult task for me to do so uh yeah watching something like this is um uh while it's not you know the same exact i haven't been in the same exact scenario as the character there's a lot of similarities as to um just personality traits that uh yeah that i think people have developed over the over the past couple of years so yeah i i uh, highly recommend three colors blue and i'm looking forward to the rest of the trilogy do you um have the whole trilogy like queued up somewhere yeah it's all on my hbo max list because i think they're all 
They're all there. They're all on HBO Max. Yeah. That's good. So yeah. That's that. Alright, I um I have one more. Cool. That was probably my last one. So Okay. I'll I'll, I'll round one. it out. Um this is kind of uh gonna bridge um like our um not our last episode but our uh two episodes ago we did a nick cage uh like uh just little i don't know what it was just a nick cage episode um for that uh, cage match yeah yeah cage match exactly um and a movie that was brought up i think briefly um but wasn't really on the list but like i was just saying i want to see it is um a, a movie called valley girl from 1983 um stars stars nicholas cage and deborah foreman and uh one of the reasons why i wanted to watch it so badly is because um going to the new beverly cinema they play a lot of um obviously they play old movies but they also play a lot of old movie trailers and i that is like part of the enjoyment of going is like i've found recently is getting to watch old movie trailers um and because they're so like they're so like clearly old and funny for that reason but they're also i don't know they're so like they're just so good for some reason. i like them so much i think they're so well done i yeah. always get intrigued um by the movie i don't feel like i'm being like, patted down the head like with um the whole everything that goes on like i don't know like our commer- i feel like our trailers nowadays are almost like too good you know you just like get too much of an adrenaline jolt of the movie uh maybe you see too much i don't know but yeah um like Ellen for instance, draft house does week- something similar too they play they play trailers? old trailers okay. and stuff too cool mm-hmm. um yeah i've been meaning to go back there um yeah last week i went to the new beverly and i saw like friday the 13th part four and they played like it may have been part five i don't even know it was the final chapter whatever that one is and the they played like all the trailers for all the movies leading up to that like in a row and it was just kind of hilarious to see um just because each new trailer was like, like this time he's back. And like, it just shows another like kid, like another more kids having sex in the woods. And, you know, Jason, you know, it shows some crazy happen, like some violent thing. And then it just ends. And it's always like Friday the 13th part two. And if like <laughs> they were played all in a row and it was just hilarious, like just to see, um, yeah, I think you would get a lot. Um, but anyways, one time I was seeing Licorice Pizza there, and so they played Valley Girl as one of the trailers. And it was just like, I remember thinking this movie looks so like, because like, it had so much, such a, like a corny, like it showed Nick Cage like in the trailer, but I'm like, what? What do you want? And stuff like, stuff like that. He's like really young and um it, it just like it looked like a ridiculous like high school romance movie from the 80s to watch um 
And like, I was intrigued too, cause it's like about the Valley and that's where I live at the, I'm currently residing. So, um, and so I, I was actually, at, um, uh, yeah, this story about the movies getting way too long, but I was actually at Amoeba records <laughs> last week <laughs> and nice. I saw Valley girl on DVD. So I bought it, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bought it and I watched it. And it's pretty decent, I will I will say. <laughs> it's pretty decent. Yeah, like there's a line at the beginning, like Nick Cage is supposed to be like the guy who distinguishes like he's like like the front cover says like she's from the valley. He's like so not. <laughs> and Nick Cage, so Nick Cage is supposed to be like I don't know, like a typical, like, just, I don't know, more like less down to earth LA guy. Um, and so like at the beginning of the movie, like his buddies, like they're at the beach and his buddies like, do you want to go to a party in the Valley? And Nick Cage is like, I don't want to go to the Valley today, man. I'm not trying to go to the Valley. And it's just, I don't know. And like, he meets a girl there and they, uh, you know, fall for each other, but it's always kind of about like, oh, he hangs out with a different crowd. He's different. He's from the other side of the hills, you know, like that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it, it was good. I enjoyed it. Nice. Is this a, like, what era is this? Like 80s? Uh, the 80s, yeah, 83. 80s. Gotcha. Cool, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check this out. Uh, I'm it got me excited that you went to Amoeba and you bought uh, a DVD of Valley Girl. Uh, every now and then, I love going in stores like that and just looking through the old like DVDs and everything. So right, right. Cool. They they do have um, they do have a big selection. So it's kind of hard not to. Um, and it's like a good like it's a good way to like I don't know just like discover movies and stuff like that like you know in a way that you wouldn't by just streaming uh you'll find just random weird stuff that you never would so it's cool well cool all right they're interviewing draymond <laughs> so, green right now yeah i'm guessing warriors won i assume they won <laughs> it's crazy that he's out on he's doing he's doing inside the nba Right after right. a Western Conference like, Finals game. Like, he won game one. He didn't win game, like, he didn't win the series. Yeah. Like, well, like, he won game one at home. Like, what's the, like, why is he on there? It just like, ended, too. It's not like. Yeah, and he's, like, clearly, like, I don't know. He's clearly talking shit about something, too. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I they're grooming know. him to be the to be on there oh. once. Yeah, any or Shaq leaves whenever, or not, or Charles. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't mind Draymond, but I feel like he's not uh, not nearly as entertaining as the other guys. But oh, as those guys, definitely not. No, looks like they're having fun yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dwayne there. <laughs> yeah. So they have so many. They're just like stacked um, now. Like nobody can get a word in. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyways, uh, we got to talk about Spider-Man Two today, the main the main event. Yes, a um, lot to say about that, and I have wasted a lot of uh, time already talking about uh, 
<laughs> about take this waltz like when we <laughs> when we're talking about spider-man 2 so we'll just have to dedicate another episode to take this waltz so we can get all your all your thoughts on it right right um so well how old were we when spider-man 2 came out you know when what, what age what what year did been... it come out 2004, so it would have been, uh, I would have been 11. So yeah, would, yeah. Fourth or fifth grade? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. yeah, so definitely grew up on this movie. Um, it was one of the best movies um, that came out during my childhood, I would say, that I was allowed to watch especially like that's a big factor but um i will say in general it is one of the best movies maybe i think um like i would put it on a decade list like i feel that strongly about it um at this point but wow the fact that i was allowed to see it um at that age and watch as many times as i wanted allowed me like i like i've seen this movie a lot it would like like it would be on repeat um as a kid at home and like like that and like attack of the clones or something like that it, i would just be <laughs> yeah. on over and over again you know all around the same time period yeah yeah and uh it helped that spider-man came out i think i think that came out in like 2002 so like Spider-Man Two came out when that was still like fresh and relevant, and uh, and I remember seeing both of these in the theater, and uh, yeah, yeah, I was I was very much into these Spider-Man movies back in the day, and uh, I think I said this in in our previous intro that we're not using, but um, I really do think this was like the catalyst for all these Marvel this Marvel Cinematic Universe now, which always gets attributed to like Iron Man. And maybe that was, that was the start of the new universe they started. But um, yeah, these, uh, these first two movies, I think, I think you like the third one a little bit better than I do, but um, Spider-Man two is pretty much a, a masterpiece. And while there's movies that, uh, like the Dark Knight, where I feel like get praised because they're more uh, like I don't know realistic or something. Which I love the Dark Knight, um, but I feel like this is a this story in Spider Man Two is a much more like grounded human story um, than than any of the, you know the Nolan Batman movies, um, where it's there's really much more depth to the character of Peter Parker and his internal struggles than in uh some other um uh some other of like the best superhero movies so yeah that's um part of the reason why i think this movie is so great too yeah 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 and one like that was like one of the things i really that really hit me when i watched one and two on sunday was that like you know, especially like in the first movie, even like, oh, like Peter's Peter's just out here in New York City, like trying to find a job, you know, like all that stuff. And um, 
Well, it's so interesting because like in the first movie, like he gets an apartment with James Franco, Harry Osborn. Um, but it's clearly off of like the fact that, you know, Harry Osborn is rich because um, of his dad. And so they have this uh, they have this apartment. Um, but then, you know, there's like I think in between like in between with like Willem Dafoe dying and um, like, you know, like like there's like. Like, like, I think the friendship kind of took took a hit. And also, I think Harry got more involved with, like, wanting to be like his, like his dad and make his dad proud and stuff. So, I don't know. Like, that kind of leads to these two friends going their separate ways. And now they don't live in this apartment anymore. And Peter Parker lives in this studio where he like keeps like delaying rent he can't like he's clearly living like like not even paycheck to paycheck he's living like below that um and sa- same with like aunt may aunt may is like not paying her like she's behind on bills like in this like they yeah. both are it's like um so like it's just crazy to see uh like after that first movie where it's a lot about like him finding his own and learning like you know like deciding what like man he's gonna be um as of as as he's very young like in the second movie he's like immediately struggling um yeah which i think as a kid even like you know surprised me a lot um like like i remember wondering like right from the beginning as a kid i'm like wait he's delivering pizzas why <laughs> you know like why <laughs> and like i didn't get it because i felt like yeah i think even as a kid i was like shouldn't he have momentum from the first movie to do better than <laughs> delivering pizzas and i feel like that's part of what you're saying like there's like a very realistic human very human approach and a very more every man approach to the be like the character of this superhero than like any superhero movie ever has you know yeah like i don't think the mcu can try to like they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to like if you combined all the relatable characters they wouldn't have as like and a related uh a relatable one as this as a peter parker in this one at least for me yeah yeah i agree and uh that's i mean yeah that's how this one starts out it's like the complications of the spider life and it's also not like uh you know as a kid i would think like yeah why doesn't he have like a bunch of money and everything but it's not like uh (laughs) being a mass vigilante doesn't have any salary or uh you know health benefits or anything there's no pto when you're a masked vigilante so yeah he literally has to make ends meet by doing yeah, delivering pizzas or taking, you know, pictures for the Daily Bugle. Uh, so right. yeah, yeah, it, it it never really hit me until I was older that it's like, oh yeah, he he doesn't get paid to catch criminals uh, and stop crime in New York. He that's literally like a hobby that he does. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah it makes and- sense that he's that he's struggling, and um, yeah, that's what makes it like you said so relatable and real. Yeah, and I, I like noticed things, like, it like Jameson totally rips him off like to the brim with those photos. Like, 
<laughs> I forget what like I I know like I haven't memorized like what his rate is for all those photos. Like he gets like I don't know like three hundred for all these photos that he takes of Spider Man. He's like the only photographer they have who's giving them those photos, and yeah. they put them all on the front cover and like they are using it to like for their business to you know to up their business and. They lowball the shit out of him all the time for all those photos. So, like, I, that's just something like I like. Um, I, I empathize with it a lot more than like when I was a kid. I did not. I would not have cared about that um, uh, as much. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and another like another thing that like um, I, I've talked to Jake about this like about this movie before it's kind of like spider-man 2 is very has a lot of similarities to me at times with like francis ha because it is about like a youth in new york who is just really struggling in adulthood very like struggling to do like normal adult things like um like, like he like you know like how he's late to the he can't make a play um a play on time stuff stuff like that yeah. you know he's just like mm-hmm. the little thing and it, and it turns out to be um in a ways like francis ha a very good like tool for like some really fun uh like slapstick comedy throughout just like like just uh, he's late you know like the like the pizza <laughs> later you're late I'm not paying for those, you know, like, yeah, mm-hmm. like it feels like the whole city is just against him all the time. And, um, Sam Raimi does so, such a good job of character. Like everybody in the movie, you, you usually remember, like if there's just like a New Yorker who, you, who says like, Hey, Spidey, like once you usually remember them. So like, I feel like the movie, these like, Spider-Man movies also just do a great job of making the city of New York a character in it. I would also say yeah, you'd, yeah, you'll relate yeah. to this probably more than Francis Tom, but it's also a little like inside Lewin Davis of superhero movies. <laughs> if if you can relate yeah. to that. Yeah, that's, that's also true. Yeah, I mean, there's just a big identity crisis and, I don't know, chasing chasing something that um, I don't know, just like constantly just seeking out, I guess, who he is or who he should be. And also just like the, um, I don't know, like the conflict of do like, why are you choosing to do this like superhero stuff when you like, how does it benefit you? Like obviously financially right? or, you know, nobody right. knows that it's like, yeah, the, the city is like against him. But then he's yeah. the superhero that like people are like, oh my god, Spider Man, like all this stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. Like as Peter so, Parker, as Peter Parker, his life is very like an uphill battle, like all the time. But yeah, then he's Spider Man, and like, um, but yeah, he's Spider Man, and like that's great and all, and like he's kicking ass, and everyone on the streets loves him clearly. But then like the press is going after him which is what's funny about the press going after him is like even everyone at the bugle loves spider-man but it's just like jonah jameson like just alone yeah Yeah. 
Um, yeah, like I didn't notice this before, but there's that um, short scene where uh, they find out that Spider-Man's like, you know, they find Spider-Man's um, costume in right. the garbage, and Bill Nunn is like, like looking super sad, holding the paper that says like Spider-Man no more or whatever. Like, I never noticed that before. Just like the right. little moments where, um, where you see that. Um, yeah, doesn't he say like abandoned his masquerade or something <laughs> yeah. like that? Yeah. Which man, yeah. Joan, J. Jonah Jameson is so is such a great character. And yeah, you're getting like one of the one best, of the best parts of these movies. One of the best like American actor character actor performances like I think we've ever had. It would be similar to um something what's that guy's name, man? Uh from Doctor Strange Love. Um and Peter Sellers? No, the killing. Oh, He's in the killing. Oh, uh... The big actor. Yeah, yeah. Sterling Hayden. Sterling, yeah, Sterling Hayden. Yeah, it's like yeah. something he would do. It's just I don't know, it, and it's but it's it's just so brilliant and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, That's a good it's uh, just, good pull. Yeah, yeah, and I think in like like he it's a great introduction to Jameson in the first movie, but in the second one they give him even more to do. So I like that, especially about it. Like there's, like we said, the costume thing that he finds the costume. And then there's like the hilarious scene where the, like he's admitting he was wrong the whole time. And then he takes the costume back and he goes back immediately. And he's, you know, and it's like, it's just like kind of a, that great things are back to normal moment. Um, and, and then the fact that like his son is like, you know, all the stuff with his son and Mary Jane, uh, he's mm -hmm. just around more. So like, I, you gotta like, that just adds more, you know, to this movie. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I just, I wrote down some things. And one of the things I just wrote down was Jay Jonah Jameson. Cause he, yeah, he's so great. Uh, specifically yeah. in this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I feel like the beginning of this movie is a lot like a, uh, a rom-com where a guy is right, down on his right. luck. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's late on the pizzas and then he's like, he's late for class right after. Um, and then I think he gets like right after, right after that, he gets like low ball with the pictures and he's like, you've turned the whole city against him. And he has this whole day and suddenly he goes to like aunt May's and after this whole day, he go he goes all the way back to Queens to go visit Aunt May. So you're like, wow, this guy is just what a like an enduring, like um, lovable character he is. Like, oh, oh, mm -hmm. oh my God! Like he's so enduring through all this. So he he just eats so much shit constantly, but he has like clearly such good. He just wants to do good and like help help. He did he like he yeah. doesn't just think about himself either. And it's just yeah. Um, I, that, I, I, I was like in love with that throughout. Um, uh, but yeah. yeah, so then he visits Aunt May and they're like, it's your birthday, Peter. And like, then it's like, oh, the gang's back together. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, yeah. Um, yeah. And then you see his like apartment and all that, all, all that stuff. And, uh, we, well, we, I guess we haven't talked about yet is, uh, Alfred, uh, Molina. 
Um, yes, yeah. Yeah, uh, who is great in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, Will Dafoe and... is great in the first one, and Alfred Miller. Yeah, they're back, is that what you're about to say? Yeah, yeah, in a way, yeah. Yeah. And, and this one, uh, you know, James Franco, as Harry Osborne, he's way more over the top. Right, uh, I thought yeah. that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, he's, it's so great. So, and he's the one who sets up Peter with, uh, you know, this, he apparently, you know, Doc, Doctor Octavius is one of his heroes or something, and he's doing yeah. his paper on him. And so Harry's this big shot now, and he's yeah, like, yeah, 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 happy to pay the bills. Happy yeah. to pay the bills, Otto. <laughs> I could get yeah. you as much. Uh, I'll get you as what is that? What is that? Uh, thing called oh know. it's some like ends ends the in, like, tritium yeah he's like, like I yeah yeah the tritium it's like i can get you as much tritium as you need i just love like, how ridiculously on just ridiculously on point for like some one of these like guys he is right uh yeah it's yeah so he's like doing the demonstration like there's only this much of tritium on the planet I'd like to thank Harry Osborn and Oscorp Industries for providing it. <laughs> and that's a, and that's and that's so he's like happy to pay the bills, Otto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas then Peter is still just like this like nerdy, right. uh, shy, dorky kid. Yeah. Um, Peter, yeah. Peter literally just like happy to be there. Like he's yeah, just happy yeah. that he knows Harry, who could get him into this thing, so he could write a paper. Like literally in there doing research. Just for to, yeah, to yeah. write a college paper. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, yeah, and he's like, and he and he's like late on the paper too. He's like, I was planning on writing the paper on Otto Octavius. And Harry's like trying to become like, you know, I don't know, a billionaire or something like that. So it's just it's just crazy yeah. to me. And um like I was saying this um while I was watching it with Jake, I was like like, I can't believe, like, none of Peter's friends are, like, helping him or Aunt May with money at all. Like, Harry's yeah. clearly doing great. All his problems are, like, rich people problems. And, like, I don't know if Mary Jane is, like, that much money, but she is on the Broadway show with all the signs that are on that wall. Her faces so it's everywhere. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, you guys are going to let Aunt May like live paycheck to paycheck right now like not you know be like have to take try to refinance her house like like come on you know yeah and that beginning scene where they're uh at her house for um peter's birthday you know didn't she like cook for them or something too did they have yeah, food? She, yeah she cooked for them and in the in the first movie yeah. she's the one who like prepares the thanksgiving dinner for like you know, everyone and like Willem Dafoe like shows up late, like they both show up late because they were fighting like beforehand in like the burning building. But Willem Dafoe comes like late with like just a, a fruit cake, and like that's all he brings. Like I'm like, dude, you're like the the millionaire here. Like, come on, you're like the Tony yeah. Stark of this world at the moment. Why are you? Yeah, the Osborns are. Yeah. Hey, Free I mean, maybe, yeah, right. Maybe it's a lesson. It's how you stay rich. You don't, you don't offer, you don't pay for anything. I guess. 
I bet if it was the Marissa Tomei Aunt May, then Franco would pony up and, and help <laughs> out, you know? <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> it's his old lady. He's Yeah, he's not going to bother. But... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. Nobody's helping him out, and all of these, you know, like uh, Doc Ock is saying something about Peter too. He's like, ah, Peter Parker, brilliant but lazy, or something. Oh and yeah, I love that. It's line. like he tries. I, I love it. He tries so hard to do it. Like he tries to to make it on time to the play, but then he gets taken out of it because he feels responsible to take care of some criminals or something. Or like he, right, he yeah. tries to There's... balance all of these things. Um, right. But yeah, he doesn't. He gets no respect. Yeah. From uh, from everybody else. Yeah, I I love that. brilliant, brilliant but lazy. Like, and the way it's brought up yeah. again at the end when he like, I I think it's it's such a it's such a good line. And like the way like yeah. like in that first interaction with Molina, I love too because, um, you know, right after he says, he also says you're lazy, and like, you know, he doesn't say, you know, he says I'm. He says, I'm trying. And then Doc Ock goes immediately into it. He's like, well, brilliance is not enough, young man. It's a gift yeah. that you use for the good of mankind. And he just goes into it immediately. <laughs> I'm like, geez, this guy is intense. <laughs> yeah. Man. But yeah. over time, he, he grows to really like Peter. So you see that uh, sort of that friendship blossom. And, and Toby Maguire is so great at having like those like, wide eyes like <laughs> yeah, like yeah he's a yeah, little yeah, kid yeah. with like like such right, optimism right. in just, him when he's, he's like so in, he's so innocent like it's an amazing yes, performance yeah. he's so innocent throughout and i i think this is even a better performance because i i have found through watching a few interviews and also just from hearing about like what toby 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 mcguire is actually like is that like Toby Maguire is not like this at all. Like Toby Maguire is like more of an actual like I don't know, kind of like a mysterious Hollywood like movie star hunk hunk type guy. And I would say that Tom Holland for instance um is much closer to his Peter Parker that he is playing and he is almost yeah. chosen to play Peter Parker because he resembles him like the way he would be in real life, you know, just kind of, but like, I think Toby Maguire is actually doing like, like he is like doing a very detailed performance um, because I don't think he is like this at all <laughs> in real life. And yeah, uh, it's impressive to me more. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Tommy Maguire is one of those people where I feel like you don't know too much about him um, outside of his movies. So yeah, that's that's also a good point. And Tom Holland, whereas nowadays you can't you can't escape him or any like interviews with him. Yeah, he's very, he's very, very in the public eye. Everyone yeah, likes mm -hmm. him a lot. They're like, oh, look how sweet yeah. and nice he is, you know, all the time. He and he does seem he seems like a very innocent like dude as well. And and like yeah, almost like he's typecasted to play Peter Parker. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and I I love the scene. I love it when he's like, "Hey, feed her. Feed, you let have a woman, Peter. Feed her poetry. Works every time." <laughs> and he's like reading the poetry at the reading laundromat, poetry. like like he's reading it just with such a like 
you're like a child he's like day by day he stays <laughs> upon her day by day he lusted for her <laughs> it's just like no shame like no no shame like he doesn't like doesn't give yeah. a shit at all. He's at the laundromat, just like reading poetry to himself, thinking about the girl, like his girl he likes. Yeah, and you see, he's putting in so much effort to uh, to win back Mary Jane, but uh, yeah, he still gets still gets taken down by the world because. Well, yeah, and uh, in the end, like it is like in in the end, it is about him. Like he is. Like he is actively trying to keep Mary Jane and also push her away at the same time. So I think mm-hmm. that also makes like I think everything with Mary Jane in this is like just very interesting. I think it's just done so well uh, the whole way through. Um, yeah, because like in the first movie, he's just obsessed with Mary Jane. <laughs> Everyone is obsessed with Mary Jane. Yeah. Like the very first scene. Um, where they are being shown the spiders. There is like four guys in this high school class, Toby Maguire and James Franco included, that are just lusting after Mary Jane. Like it's all it's like she's the only girl in the class, too. And it's yeah, it's just yeah, it's crazy. And so yeah, the fact that he's like feels like he's being mature as by like not being with her, but he's also like making himself miserable, you know, and um yeah yeah well and then um we we talked about it a little before but then we get to the actual what, presentation is that if that's what you call it of- yeah yeah we've gotten into that yeah um yeah i see yeah, he and he's see he the arms are uh the arms are revealed um mm-hmm. and uh yeah, they're and very the uh, strong metallic arms that uh, are impervious to, I believe, heat and magnetism. He says, or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And he has the inhib, and they have like a mind of their own, but the inhibitor chip inhibitor that he chip. invents. That yeah, the inhibitor chip allows him to remain control over the arms. Um. But yeah, he start he like he he does the the fusion reaction thing and it works. Um and uh and I love Danny Elfman's score during this, like as I'm like recollecting oh, yeah. the scene. It's like oh, 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 and everyone's like <laughs> just staring at the sun like like a miniature sun right in front of them and the, like it's like so like amazing, but also like weird at the same time. But then, and then you you suddenly feel like it's like that it's pulling everything in, and uh, yeah. Then, as you said, shit hit, shit hits the fan. Yeah, yeah. And then this is basically Doc, the villain of Doc Ock is born uh, in this scene. Yeah, yeah. Because his his wife mm-hmm. dies. Rosie, his right wife, Rosie mm-hmm. dies, and he. He gets just like fucking zapped by the like um I don't know when like Spider-Man pulls the plug, he just gets zapped by the sun and I don't even know how he survives, but it destroys the inhibitor chip. Um 
and him and his like four arms go to the hospital um and th- and so before we get to the hospital scene which is obviously a great one uh mm. there's a great moment where james franco comes out of the uh like the building and he I'm ruined. <laughs> yeah. He's so overdramatic, yeah. Because <laughs> like, he's so young. Like, it's just like, yeah. oh, he's... And I, I feel like he's playing, like, he's playing it so well. Like, he's so aware of what, like, a brat, how, what a brat Franco, like, um, Harry Osborne is coming off of in this movie. Yeah. And doesn't he have a little interaction with Spider-Man? yeah yeah he like saves him he saves him spider-man does and then he's like this doesn't change anything you know because yes um his whole the whole like everything's set up from the first movies that he wants revenge on spider-man um for killing his father yeah 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 it's um, crazy yeah and then we get to the hospital scene like you said which uh maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie um which this is why this is such a sam raimi scene uh yeah i feel like too that this is why you have him direct uh this movie when the sentient arms you know come to life and um yeah the, the doctors are having like they're joking around a little bit too and um about to saw the arms off and then they just start like creating carnage in this hospital room and uh yeah pretty much quickly murder everybody um yeah in the most yeah in the most exciting uh like thrilling yeah. way that you could have for sentient metal arms right uh, murder people yeah like the way it's covered you know like you just there's so many doctors and arms so you can show you can enter they like they intercut so many different like moments of someone getting dragged and another person getting hit in the face like there's that girl who's getting you know she's her nails are on the ground while she's getting dragged away there's the guy with the chainsaw and then he ends up being surrounded by all four of them it's just yeah i love that i love that scene too um i think that is like like too, that's like the approach. Like that's how it should be. Like not every like director would necessarily be like, all right, we're gonna shoot this scene at, like old more so as like like this should be viewed as a horrific thing. You know, I don't think that was mm. necessarily like in the comic books. Was it like you know necessarily a scary thing? I don't know. Yeah, but it's uh, I mean it's it's brought out like a- this in a movie, and it fits fitting. Yeah, it's a it's a horror scene. Yeah, yeah, like you said, she, her nails are dragging across the floor. It's like people disappearing in like to like the dark because like the yeah the arms come out of nowhere. Yeah, into and, the dark, right? And then there's the POV yeah. shots of the arms, yeah. um, which are really good. Uh, and even just yeah. throughout the movie, there's a lot of great, uh, just like suspense and where you feel like the arms are gonna pop out. Out of nowhere, right, sometime. right, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Coming into yeah. the frame, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, yeah there is like, um, yeah, a couple of times. Like, I think when, like, hair when James Franco looks, he's drinking whiskey in his penthouse, and he's yeah. like, gone the newspapers. He's like, he's like, 
where are you? I mean, like to Spider-Man. Yeah. He's just like looking through. Like that's going to do something, you know? <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. He, he walks up to his balcony and then the arm just shoots out at yeah. him. And it's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's, that. Uh, I mean, that's, um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that's such like a unique strength of this movie is the, is making the, um, aspect of the villain like genuinely scary and frightening and right. uh yeah yeah and you know in that scene you know he's like looming something and so does james franco and then but it's still it's it's not like the yeah. jump that is the big scare but it's like the anticipation of something that's right pop out. right yeah yeah and it uses like the jurassic park style like type of use of sound where you just hear the thumping of him coming mm-hmm. up the building. Yeah. And uh, we didn't mention this before, but uh, another uh, great slapstick funny scene is when he's trying to get into the theater late and Bruce Campbell is the usher. Right, 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 um, right. Reading the sign to him uh, and yeah. everything. Great scene. And he's like, great it cameo. helps. It helps to maintain the illusion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's so over the top, like a like an usher that really cares about his job. Too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never seen the play because I'm an usher, but, <laughs> yeah. but I believe I, I, in what we do here. I respect the performance, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I almost feel like yeah. the chainsaw in the, the hospital scene that the, one of the doctors picks up is sort of a... Uh, an, an evil dead nod or some ash yeah mm-hmm. nice um, yeah. that's what i assume too, i love but, all of yeah. bruce campbell's um uh cameos throughout the whole trilogy um spider-man one his cameo is like one of my favorite scenes in that in the movie what is he in spider-man one again i can't remember he is the um, fight. He's the fight announcer mm. when he fights Bone. Yep. Yeah, yep, and right. pretty much everything about that scene is like I love, and and Bruce Campbell just adds to it, just his energy he brings to it. He's just like four three thousand dollars. Yeah, he's got that I gold suit a... on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The gold yeah. suit, the hair. Yeah. Yeah. I remember as a kid thinking too, wow, three thousand dollars. Like thinking that was so much money <laughs> when Spider-Man one was out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Man. Um well anyway, where were we? The uh Um uh... Yeah, so um I think what what happens after he he like breaks out of the hospital, um, and eventually he starts talking to uh, the well. Well, one thing that's funny is he comes out of the hospital, and like a taxi cab's like driving right at him, and the arms just smack the taxi cab into the air, yeah. and like kill the guy pretty much, and um. And like it, it almost seems like it's just not in his doing at all, and so it's just kind of, cra- it's kind of crazy for him because he he wakes up in a room where he's just killed everybody, like the arms of just like all these doctors are dead, and he goes right out, and he's clearly still out of it probably because he was, 
you know, on all this anesthesia and you just got zapped by like a miniature sun too. So that probably has <laughs> something to do with it. But then, yeah, then the arms yeah. just kind of like knock a cab out um, like crazy. Um, yeah. And then doesn't he shortly after this, then this is when he like robs the bank too. while Pete. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first he likes, he like starts the... talking to the arms by yeah, the yeah, East right. river. Yeah. Yeah, so first he starts like talking to the arms and um and he's just like he's like we will rebuild, make it bigger and stronger than ever. <laughs> and like <laughs> and, yeah, then then he goes to rob the bank cuz um we we find we find uh Peter and Aunt May um asking Joel McHale for a Joel loan McHale, yeah. to refinance the house and um she's like she's like but i'm uh i'm doing piano lessons again <laughs> like as like the way to justify her loan and um he, she he just denies it and then at the end she's like but wait don't we get the the toaster at least toaster. and like and he's like no, you opened a new savings, super savings account, but you didn't even put like deposit $300 in it. So no, you do not get the toaster. So <laughs> it's just like a, a moment where you're like, damn, things are, things are rough. Like for yeah. Aunt May and Peter right now. And it's, it's uh very sad. Yeah. And yeah. And Joel McHale is another one of these side characters. That's so, uh yeah yeah yeah. and how he's a a dick to them yeah it's uh, right right yeah and then uh (laughs) it's funny how when doc ock first comes in the bank like he's completely unnoticed and his arms start to pop out yeah yeah he stands by the vault like low-key and the arms just go right for it and nobody notices he's there until he actually rips the vault door off. Right, and right, then, and right. then it's like, "Whoa, what the hell's going on?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, and then the, it starts like the first fight sign fight scene between Spider-Man and Doc Ock, which is uh, a very good one. They're all very good, um, mm-hmm. specifically, but like this, this one, this it's a good opening fight scene. Uh, uh, and he captures like Aunt May and takes her up a building. Aunt May goes falling like thirty flights at one point, um, and uh, she ends up saving uh, Spider-Man uh, too. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is an important note to make. Um, I think it is clear in this movie that Aunt May knows Peter Spider-Man. Uh, uh, especially seen later when she kind of like very directly, like as Peter is going through that whole crisis, she kind of very directly goes to Peter and says like, you know, like Spider-Man, like, you know, gave like um, whatever the boy who's helping her move. Like she gave, he gave, you know, him something to believe in. Now he's wondering where he's gone. He needs him. You know, she's very directly telling Peter, yeah. like, you know, hey, figure whatever you got to figure out, figure out, because, like, you, you know, you're needed out there. Um, and I think that, like, that kind of unspoken, very subtle thing is, like, very brilliant. The fact that she clearly seems to know. Um, she seems to know. And mm-hmm. 
I like that a lot. And because she then right, she right after that says, so could you help me lift that desk there? But don't strain yourself, <laughs> you know, and she kind, <laughs> he kind of laughs like at, yeah. at that, you know, like he knows that she knows. Yeah, well, I think they have that interaction after the bank scene. Um, I forget what he says, but he says something to her as Spider-Man. And then she's like, yeah, yeah. Wait, what? And then he's like, oh, I got to go. And then he goes. And yeah, I think that I feel like that's the moment that it, like she confirms or um, or finds out for sure that he's Spider-Man, maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah, but he yeah he pretty much saves uh yeah he saves Aunt May and uh, um whew, what uh, what happens well, after that then then I, then people become more aware of uh, of Doc yeah I, yeah he's like and, Doctor what should we call this guy and Sam Raimi's yeah, yeah, brother yeah. comes out and he's like uh, he's Dr. like octopus yeah he's like Doctor Strange it's good uh, but it's taken. And then, and then he brings it up again, Doctor Octopus. <laughs> and, yeah, doesn't he like, say like no at first, and then yeah, he does. Yeah, he, does. Yeah, he no? does. yeah, yeah. And then someone else suggests like, what about Doctor Squid or Doctor this? Or whatever. I was like, wait, what about Doctor Octopus? Yeah, that's it. Right, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, ah, I like it. And he's like, what are you looking for? A raise? Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't even give his guys credit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. And another thing, uh, I uh, just, an observation about this, um, especially during this scene where, yeah, Doc Ock is, you know, he's knocking over the taxi cab and he's climbing up the building. Is there is so much... Um, you know, I feel like it's a comedic, Raimi's using it as a comedic device, but there's so many screams throughout uh, yeah, yeah. Throughout this from all the bystanders and every every scene where they are. There's so much, yeah, ah, like, just like there's shrieking. That when, there's when his tentacle goes through the building and this girl just loses her shit like, yeah. during that. It's hilarious, as as she should. Yeah, yeah, and I just, I just feel like there's so much of that, just like horror movie trope screaming, um, and I love it. Yeah, it's so it's so mm -hmm. funny. Um, yeah, um, I think one thing I didn't mention was that I love, I love the Doc Ock uh, theme in this. It's just very like dark but also playful. I forgot. I, I forget how it goes. Like it's like da 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 da, <laughs> like something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it, yeah, this good. is another great. Um, uh, this is a great score overall. Yeah, and and soundtrack. It has and like soundtrack. I've I've listened to the soundtrack a little bit. Uh, let me see if I can name. Obviously, you know, raindrops keep falling is on the soundtrack. Um, yeah. which is my, that, which is um, actually, there's an earlier scene too, where, um, where it's still like in the rom-com phase where yes. there's just this like sort of typical early two thousands alternative song, uh, sort of like emo sad song playing while, uh, Peter's really down on his luck. And I just thought, I just thought that was great to, you know, like five minutes before when the movie first started, you have this great. This song, superhero man. score. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. He's like so getting good. ready for the play, and you know yeah. he 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 gets like less flowers than he thought he was gonna get, and then the song yeah. ends. It's like <laughs> you know, it's so good. Like yeah, and that's like white. Like we were saying, it has like a bit of like the rom commy vibes during that um, as well. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah. I think that raindrops, uh, keep falling on my head montage comes up fairly soon after. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think on like what we have in between. Um, I know some things like basically like a lot of like more bad things happened to Peter well, before that. Um, Mary Jane gets engaged. Yeah, one of them being, thing. like, which is actually one of my favorite sequences in the movie, is he gets hired to do photography for this event from Jonah, and yeah. he's like, he's like, can you pay me in advance? And he just, like, like Jonah just laughs his ass off when he asks to get paid in advance. <laughs> Yeah, I forget what he says then. That's such a great, uh, I don't know, that, that's such a great um, interaction between them. Right. But I can't think of any, like, specific quotes. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he has to, uh, he does photos for the event. And, like, there's always, like, I don't know, there's just, he's at the event and things are already not going well for him. Like, this is, a, like, a thing I relate to a lot, having done, like, you know, freelance shooting. Um, so I, I, I like... I also have like loved the fact that he's just this photographer kid who does freelance mm -hmm. gigs um, and doesn't make a lot of money from it. Uh, and, yeah. and like, like he's trying to take pictures of people and they're like not ready or posing. They just walk away and then he goes for an appetizer and like someone takes the last one or like it's an empty like cocktail glass or something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh then like jonah wants him like to take pictures like he's like take a picture with my wife and this guy or, like yeah take, how about uh the mayor and his girlfriend yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah um, just had just dragging him along to take all these pictures of him yeah, yeah like it's... a high it's like a new york high society party yeah, yeah. um and uh then uh, and like then he talks to Mary Jane and uh, he's like he like I don't know he like he's it's it's so complicated between these two you know I'm trying to like go over like what they're saying to each other but like he's like I'm still you know I'm still interested you know but I can't you know and she's all like you were late to my play and you're like disappointing me all the time. Like, cause you know, if you think about it, like she's like supposed to be the most important thing in his life. But like in this whole film, they see each other. Like they've only seen each other like a couple times to this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they really have. Yeah. They really don't see each other that often. And so like, it's kind of like, yeah, I guess you do feel the weight of the fact that she he missed his play the play you know mm -hmm. yeah and i feel like there are all these subtle uh um subtle moments too where you can tell mary jane uh still cares about peter but it's it's yeah. hard for her yeah to, yeah well yeah, yeah she has she, that, he, yeah. she doesn't rely on him he's not reliable because yeah. he's never around so 
yeah yeah you, mm-hmm. you also can't blame her and but you also can't like not feel very bad for him for peter as well yeah because he's very sad <laughs> he's very crushed by this um and so following this uh harry is getting drunk at the bar um like he gets some champagne for him and he's just like leave it to the bartender um and then like um pete like peter he goes up to peter and he's like just going after him for not telling him about his you know about like where spider-man is because he's like convinced Mm -hmm. that he's hiding spider-man because like that's how peter makes like a living and like he says like you protect him because he's your bread and butter. And like, it's not like Peter's successful. Like, let's let's pump yeah. the brakes. It's not like, I think you have the wrong impression of how Peter's doing, Harry. Yeah, that's, yeah, he's just like taking out, <laughs> I don't know, like his own insecurity. He's, he's projecting onto, onto Peter. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I, is that that same scene where he's So yeah, like, he like, he just starts slapping out- him. If you knew who he was, would you tell me? Well, that's like the first one. That's like the first scene. Is that if you knew, okay? Yeah. If you knew who he was, would you tell me? <laughs> and he just he's like, uh, he doesn't, <laughs> doesn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you really see nearly. like the Franco Dean comparisons a little. In oh, that. Like, yeah. If yeah. you knew, if you knew who he was, would you tell me? <laughs> and <laughs> it's so totally great. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. And it's so great that anything. this level of acting is being done in a. Yeah, in a Spider-Man movie, like oh yeah, yeah, I'm so for it. Um, but yeah, so then in the party, he's he's like starts slapping Peter in, in the <laughs> face in front of everybody. Yeah, and I was I was telling Jake this as well. If this if that had happened to me on a photography gig, I would leave immediately. <laughs> but Peter does not leave. Um, Peter. <laughs> Peter stays and he stays to hear that MJ is getting married to uh, 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 what's his name's son? J. J. Jonah Jameson's, Jameson's son. Jameson's son. And, and as he sees, as he sees this um, happening, jo- Jonah like puts the cherry on the cap of a, of a shit day. And he's like, Parker, take the picture (laughs) of them, like, you know, basically, you know, of their engagement. And he, and like, it's just crazy. Like, it's just such a a whirlwind of terrible things that happened to Peter at this event. After that, he has to take, he has to quickly take a picture of the woman he loves. Yeah. Do his job that he's probably getting underpaid for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I guess this is pretty much when he he, he decides decide before like, this, or is this when he decides? He's like that starting he's like, up? well, yeah, like there's like the build up because he keeps losing his powers, so like yeah, that's like the psychological thing they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he like uh, I think he sees the doctor somewhere like close yeah. to this, and he's like he's like the doctor tells him it's up here, and um. You know, he's then, you know, Peter really starts to compliment, uh, you know, uh, uh, just 
contemplate like whether he should be Spider-Man anymore, whether it's really good for his life. Um, and he has that kind of like in his head talk with uncle Ben while he's going through this. Um, and yeah, he decides to, he decides to stop being Spider-Man and it's crazy. I remember as a kid, I thought it was the most insane thing. Um, I was very crushed. Um, and I don't think I probably totally got this next amazing uh, movie montage, one of my favorites. But now it's one of my definitely my like like my favorite scene in the movie is the raindrops keep falling montage. I oh my god, I love it so much. Um, like it's like you know it just feels like it finally has this like tone like wow Peter's like finally just being a normal guy like just try to take care of yeah. the daily tasks like and that's all he's doing and it's just you feel it like you feel the difference um like he falls like immediately and he realizes he has to wear glasses again and then there's that amazing slow-mo of him walking down the sidewalk um and yeah. toby's just like no, like happy actually for you know right eye pushy tail it's yeah. just like on my head raindrops on my head <laughs> yeah and then uh and then he's also seeing like uh some guy in the alley you know getting mugged and, yeah which is which is crazy it's like downtown past. manhattan and like the broad yeah. daylight this dude just getting his ass whooped like yeah um, yeah, and then like yeah, he's like eats a hot dog while he uh, watches an ambulance go by. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like that freeze frame of just him like, you know, and, and I feel like they're kind of making fun of him a little bit as they're doing this, like just you know him being a regular schmo, but like he's just getting delighted by the simple things in life as if that's like never happened to him you know like because it yeah. ends on that freeze frame of him like smiling like by central park or something he's like and nothing's worrying me <laughs> oh it's uh it's like just great like start to finish montage like i wouldn't take anything out of it um like how like he answers the question in class he's like 16.5 volts like he's finally like paying attention in class yeah yeah right yeah yeah and it seems like uh his personal life is getting better well he's not right. so stressed yeah. out and he's like taking ca- care of things actually and um he then he goes to see and uh, mary jane's play um and uh she messes she's just, up her lines. Yeah, she's yeah, she's like, I am I am glad to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am glad. I am glad. Yeah, yeah, the director's on the side. And uh yeah. yeah. And he's just sitting there in the audience, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big yeah. dumb smile on his face. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> uh <laughs> and and then they like they like talk after and he's like do you want to get some chow mein? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, she still is like, I can't be with you still because yeah. you weren't around. Just because you're around now doesn't mean you know you're gonna be. I can't trust you. You know, like all this stuff. Um, and he's, you know, once again crushed, and because that's the only reason he really did it. You know, it's all for her. Yeah. Um, 
and she decides, you know, she's still going through the wedding. Um, so he continues to become even more confused because of that. Um, and he like, I think maybe that's near the scene where he saves the child out of the fire. Mm, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I can't remember the exact, um, I guess the chronological. Yeah. Me neither. Um, but I feel, I yeah. feel like that's at least maybe the next big scene. Um, yeah. so yeah, which is kind of very reminiscent of the first one where he goes in and saves someone and, this time he's kind of doing it without his powers, which is yeah, pretty guy. crazy, pretty yeah. crazy, very ballsy thing to do. Yeah. Um, um, and and that is followed up, and then well, and that scene basically just shows that you know he he wants to you know help again. You know, it really mm -hmm. shows that that he's missing that. Um, but that scene is actually followed up by one of the most wholesome scenes in movies you can have, where his his landlord's daughter comes in and brings him a slice of chocolate cake um, for really no apparent reason other than that she definitely likes him. Uh, and like she, she offers him cake and he's, you could tell he just like, he's been having such a rough time and he just really needs that slice of chocolate cake. <laughs> and you know, they eat the cake in like, pure silence and but it's see it's still like it's not awkward at all it's just kind of like a really lovely moment between two two kind of you know more reserved people yeah yeah and in the beginning there's that little moment where you can see yeah some, yeah she's like up. smiling right yeah at him. yeah when he when her dad's bitching at him about rent yeah yeah um but yeah, yeah and, love the cake scene yeah, cake scene's good. I think around this time too is when uh, Mary Jane sort of recreates the uh, upside down kiss with John Jameson. Right. Yeah. Um, which I feel like that's all. That's all in the same time period where it's before Peter is really back. Mm -hmm. And so you yep. can tell Mary Jane is still thinking about Peter because now he's yeah, yeah. around a bit yep. more. Yeah, because she like he like asks if she wants to invite him to the wedding, and he's like, mm -hmm. she's like, no, nah, he's just a jerk. <laughs> yeah, Peter Parker is a jerk. Yeah, I'm only <laughs> obsessed with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, um, hurry, let's recreate this kiss I had with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and it's it's also clear in that scene where she recreates the kiss that. She's not into it, and like when she leaves him at the altar later, it's like you can see that coming by mm -hmm. the just the look, the look she gives. Um, so like one, I, I think we're just like we're we don't want to skip over like one this like one thing where, um, you know, first Peter can like she talks to Aunt May about like. That he, you know, is responsible for Uncle Ben. That's a big scene. Yeah. Um, it's quite a monologue by Toby Maguire as well. Um, where they just kind of hold on him and, you know, let it, like, come out. It's a very long, mo pretty long monologue. And actually, Aunt May looks kind of pissed at him in that scene, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, 
And then she, then we get to the scene where she's like he's helping he's comes and finds her moving um and uh you know she forgives him for it and everything and then she you know gives that like you know kind of winking like telling him you know that like to go be spider-man again uh yeah which is yeah it's a great scene and like uh the actress who plays anime is so fantastic in in that uh rosemary harris yes rosemary harris yeah. of course um, um and that scene too where they're where he's you know confessing about uh uncle ben's death um like i like that they i feel like there are some movies that would sort of do like a flashback sort of thing as he's describing what's happening that would sort of take right, you out right. of like the emotion of it but but like you said it's just it stays on him and as he's just detailing yeah yeah all the mm-hmm. just guilt that he feels uh, over it. Yeah, such a great mm-hmm. scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so then he had. There's the scene where he tries to jump across a building again to mm-hmm. try to become Spider-Man, and, and he ends up falling like twenty to like thirty stories. Pretty and freaking he, hard. Like, yeah. Yeah, and he just hurts his back really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this yeah, he's he's sort of getting back back in the game. He's he's um, trying to get back in the groove of it. Um, yeah, but he's like not totally back there, and it's clear like I don't know psychologically he needs a reason. So when he has that talk with Mary Jane and at the coffee shop, and then like she gets captured. Um, by Doc Ock, like that's kind of his, like I, his, like fully he, he needs to be back, you know. Yeah, yeah. it is, it is. Um, yeah, and and bef- right before that, James Franco, like, uh, he basically sets Doc Ock on Peter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like Peter Parker. Make him yeah. tell you where he is. But don't hurt him on the way back to the don't guy. Peter. To the guy with the giant metallic arms that is going down a building and destroying bricks. Like, don't hurt yeah. him. And okay, and and even, of course. Before then, too, he's he's a little cocky and he's not going to say anything to him. Uh, right. And then Doc Ock throws him around a little bit. And yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, you'll destroy the city. You're a hack. <laughs> You're a hack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's such a great line too yeah uh yeah um t- back to like franco again real quick um yeah i love the evolution of uh, franco's portrayal of harry osborne through all three movies i think through each movie he is given more to do and it's just very interesting like the third one specifically like say what you will about the third film, but James Franco is very good in it and has like some scenes where like, like similar to this where you're like, wow, where did that come from? He was not <laughs> like this in the first, in the uh, previous film, same thing in the third movie. Like, cause in the third movie, he like, he gets like really like, dark and evil at times and you're just like holy shit this guy right now yeah keeps going to a different level each time 
so uh yeah i we have made it to the uh the big bat the big fight between spider-man and doc ock which is uh uh still to this day like even though like now as an adult i care more about obviously the things like um like the raindrops are falling on my head sequence and like the fact that he only gets like this that he gets underpaid for his photos and stuff like that mm-hmm. like I still can't help but get into this a very long fight sequence on the clock tower and the New York uh, L L train. Yeah. Um, it's just so damn good. Iconic scene uh, on the train. And there's also, I feel like, other superhero movies that have replicated uh, something similar to this too. Um, not in the same way. Off the top of my head, I feel like um batman begins and the incredibles both have some sort of subway like elevated train type of sequence yeah they do they Um, do uh yeah this is oh this is just so good and um yeah just one of the best um action sequences um out of this trilogy and so memorable to him holding on to the to the web says yeah he's trying yeah. to stop the train yeah and uh <laughs> yeah, yeah just go <laughs> there's a somebody posted this video on twitter i saw a few weeks ago that they edited it to be uh it was that scene where he's like he's like going like ah and hanging on for dear life and then his arms just come detached from his body and oh i've just seen starts, that i've uh, seen that so yeah, funny yeah. There's a lot of memes. It's like, there's a lot of memes of that scene. And I mean, just the Raimi trilogy, especially, especially because of the, um, the multiverse occurring, uh, this year, there's so much Raimi memes like out there for the Spider-Mans. I can't like watch a scene without like having some sort of meme reference come to my head. Um, but the subway one specifically has a lot of memes and also the best memes too like some some crude most crude some not but like they're always really good yeah Um, yeah yeah what a but what a class yeah it's such a classic moment when he stops the train with his with his arms (laughs) Mm -hmm. and this scene you see that the uh uh, the people of New York are behind are behind Spider Man, you know, because yeah. he his mask comes off and they're mm-hmm. immediately like we won't, we won't tell. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and they're all good. Like I remember all of the people who are like in it. You know, I'm like like the guys yeah. like the um the guys like it's okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, all, like, that guy's uh, yeah, good. All showing their support. Yeah, yeah, and also uh, comedian Joey Diaz is in the front. Oh, the yeah. line uh, where he has yeah. like, you gotta go through me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot about Joey Diaz. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think this scene's um, the scene is hilarious because it's kind of like the first one where they're all like the city of New York is trying to help Spider Man, and they all get in front of him and like in a line, right? And uh, Doc Ock's just like very well and he like takes his arms and just shoves them all at once to the side in like such a violent fashion 
Yeah, you see like these extras just get like their faces yeah. smashed right. against the window. Just yeah. Very well. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Um Yeah, well I guess uh, so then yeah, he brings Spider-Man to Franco then. Yeah. Uh and uh Franco has this just very intense moment because he's like it's like he's got Spider-Man there and he's like drunk and Spider-Man's like tied up and he's like he brings out the knife and he's like I'm going to look into your eyes while you die. Like, it's just so crazy. (laughs) It's really fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And he finds out it's his best friend, Peter. Peter. Oh my God. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I guess, um, he, he doesn't kill him, uh, obviously. And, um, doesn't Peter basically like convinces him to that he needs to stop Doc Ock, and he then Harry has to let him. Yeah, he like tells him. him that. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's like got a great like line where he's like, "There's bigger things here, you know, going on here than you and me." Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is a good line. Um. And so then, like he uh, he goes to save Mary Jane and stop Doc Ock by the East River, and there's another fight scene, but much shorter, which I like. I like how they don't pile on, and there's not like another like fifteen twenty. It's like a much shorter fight scene, and it ends mm-hmm. up being more about like him stopping the uh, the miniature sun thing. Yeah, um, but. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, like there, this there's a great like final dialogue between um, uh, Toby McGuire and Alfred Molina, where uh, he's asking him like, you know, he give he you know, like, like first he takes off his mask and he shows it to him. And he's like Peter Parker, brilliant but lazy, and he kind of brings <laughs> yeah. that back. <laughs> yeah, and um, and he's like we got to stop it. And like, you know, he's clear and he's like, I won't stop it. And he's like, clearly still evil. And like, you know, really wants to like, you know, build this sun <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, like he's really trying. And then like Peter, like kind of talks him out of this, like, um, kind of psychotic, like, uh, phase he's gone under mainly due to those, uh, mechanical arms that he invented. And uh, he he steals a line from Aunt May, who like we, like during the moving scene, she says this to Peter, where she's like, sometimes like like this is the advice she's giving to him to go back to be Spider Man. She's like, sometimes in life we have to be steady and like give up what we want most, like even our dreams. And he says this exact line to um, Doc Ock, and it's just amazing. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, it's like one of those lines that's just so, it's just so profound. Um, yeah. And then he, yeah, he sacrifices himself. It's a very, uh, yeah, well, yeah, he, he, he decides like to be like a man about it too. And like, yeah, he realizes what he's done and he goes out in a very noble way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, uh, satisfying conclusion to, uh, yeah, this whole, um, I don't know the the whole 
um, relationship between Peter and, uh, and yeah, yeah, too. yeah. Mm-hmm. He also brings up like the line from when they first met, where he's like, "You once told me, like, you once told me, intelligence was a gift," and 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 Doc Ox like starts to remember, it's like a privilege. a privilege privilege. like he's dying in battle and yeah well he is he's like laying there in the water and he's got like his arms (laughs) there's like yes a privilege (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah um yeah like lines like like that like going back to that line um like you know the gandalf line from lord of the rings fellowship where he says like uh ah man i'm gonna i'm gonna need to look this up on the internet (laughs) it's like the it's he's in the minds of moria and um frodo says like i wish none of this had ever happened um you know i wish he's like i wish the ring had never come come to me oh, I wish none of this had ring, ever yeah. happened um i know the scene you're talking about don't know the quote right um i i've, I've got quote i've got gandalf quotes pulled up right now okay yeah it's basically um like he basically says like it's not our place um it's not our place to decide what happens all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is mm, given to yeah. us that's the quote yeah um it's like quotes like that and like this one from Spider-Man that are just very profound and like they make you want to be a better human being basically. Um, yeah. And like really let go of a lot of like selfish inhibitions and uh, really just try to, I don't know, be in the moment and do what's best for that, you know, and look at the big, the big picture. Yeah. It's, it's really yeah. good stuff. Yeah, very profound things in a uh, in a superhero movie, um, which is uh, yeah, which is what makes it so great. And uh, by following that, uh, we return to another horror type scene where um, the movie ends on Harry finding uh, you know the secret little room or area where all this green all of his dad's green goblin stuff is Uh, yeah yeah well like the um the kind of like uh supernatural willem dafoe his presence is still in the uh the house basically Uh and he starts calling for harry again and like he's like avenge me yeah 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 (laughs) do you remember in um james ironically james franco's saturday night live documentary um there's a scene where he's like talking to bill Hader, um and bill haters he's asking him to do impressions of willem dafoe and so bill Hader's going like avenge me (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember that it's so great if you can youtube it tonight Uh, yeah he just keeps going like avenge me (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny yeah and Uh, speaking of willem dafoe and like and this scene sort of brings it back to when he's harry's looking in the mirror is that scene as a kid always freaked me out when 
Willem Dafoe is talking talking to himself to himself yeah. in the mirror. Yeah, yeah, that that is yeah terrifying. Well, and Dafoe he's is like amazing doing that. he's in there as like you know being like the innocent you know like unaware that he's psychotic. Willem Dafoe is like, where are you? And he's like. And it's like follow the cold shiver going down your spine, <laughs> and like God, he just yeah. finds him in the mirror, and they're just like, yeah, having these fucked up conversations, and it's crazy. Also, in the first movie, uh, like you know, you'll just like Harry will be in like a room, and he'll just hear from another room his dad's like, ha 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 ha, and he's like, Dad, are you okay in there? <laughs> and he comes out, and he's like what's up son and he's like it's just the scariest guy ever yeah like he really yeah. is he's the scariest guy and then like when he says he's gonna go like he's like i'm gonna rectify certain inequities is like a thing he says to like terry like uh, things are gonna be all right which basically means he's gonna go kill mary jane and like and uh peter parker yeah yeah Hey, uh, a good place to a uh, good place to end on. Yeah, um, and one thing we did miss though is that hair <laughs> MJ finds out that Peter is Spider Man, oh, and yes. they have like a little powwow about it uh, after the final battle, um, <laughs> and she kind of says like, and they they also tell each other they love each other, which is pretty important to the story, <laughs> um, and uh, she says like. She's like, I think I always knew, you know? And I'm like, really? Did you? <laughs> you didn't really seem like you knew. <laughs> like, I believe Aunt May knew. I even believe, like, uh, jo- Jonah Jameson's, like, one of his, like, uh, partners knows. But yeah, I don't believe MJ knew. Um, yeah, anyways. You would be so mean to him, MJ, if you knew. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't be unfair. And so, anyways, her fiancé comes with, like, all the police and she like he like lowers her down to go be with him um and uh then then we get to uh the wedding uh the wedding scene uh yeah i totally glossed over the wedding scene yeah well that's actually the last thing uh they yeah they do the james franco finding his dad's like armory thing before the wedding scene yeah, that's I like, was thinking that was the end. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. That's, yeah. that's preceding the wedding. And um, yeah, yeah, so she like is cl- she doesn't show up and like uh and jo- Jonah and like his wife are like the caterer and he's like <laughs> tell him not to open the caviar. <laughs> 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 Which is hilarious. Yeah, they're just like immediately thinking about the money. Um, because they probably <laughs> they clearly spent a fortune on it. Look at that church. Um, yeah, New York City too. Yeah, yeah, in New York City, and uh, she's like running through Central Park to go after Peter, um, and he's just like, once again, Peter is just like, I love the way like because when the like the wedding music stops, Peter's just like sitting in his room, like staring out the window, like alone, just like very humbly you know like he's mm-hmm. like <laughs> um right before she comes she comes to the door um which is funny because it's actually like her first time at his place 
So like you could make a joke that she like sees the place and she's like, never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did I just do? Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't think I he was doing, didn't think he was doing this bad. Like I thought, <laughs> felt like I was going to be dropping off a little bit, but he's doing, he's doing pretty bad here. Clearly he doesn't even have his own bathroom. Yeah, he has to share a, share a bathroom with the landlord. Yeah, yeah. he shares a bathroom with the landlord. Um, but this final uh, monologue by Kirsten Dunst is amazing to me. Uh, especially since, since she's been so, like, she's very in a, like, uh, annoyed mood, I feel like, most of this movie, like, her character. And she's just so bright and like full of life and in in like adorably like happy in this final monologue and it just i don't know like i view this like i put this scene on probably a higher pedestal than a lot of people do i look at it as like as amazing as like like very classic love scenes like all throughout cinema like up there with like Casablanca always having Paris <laughs> stuff like that you know I really do think it's that good um and yeah she basically says like she's there to like she like she has that line where she's like isn't the time someone saved your life you know like and she basically says she's willing to take on the burden of like with him you know and uh um and then they kiss and like she immediately goes out to be Spider-Man and it's like, it couldn't be a better like ending. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. Just the, the sirens going off. Yeah. The way like yeah. you see her looking out the window as he swings out into New York and um, the theme, Danny Elfman's music begins playing. Um, and then they kind of end with her looking out the window, just being like, Oh man, what a road ahead we have. <laughs> yeah wow what a what a movie yeah 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 I fucking love this movie um i couldn't i couldn't I, I also think like like where i am in life right now like i couldn't i like couldn't have fought like uh watched it at a better time you know like i really needed something like this yeah yeah, and, that, and it's um, it was a much needed a rewatch because this is for sure the first time where I really uh, looked more into like the, um, yeah, I just got more into the character of like Peter Parker, the human rather than uh, you know just the the superhero aspect of it, and how right. you know great of a movie it is from many different facets. But uh, yes, now yeah. that we are now that we are you know more of age of dealing with these same things that peter uh, mm -hmm. was dealing with it's much yeah. more interesting yeah 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 i relate i relate to it all uh all too much yeah yeah for sure well that's uh yeah that's spider-man 2 and uh like we teased in our last episode um jurassic park episode is coming up uh, with producer Jake, yeah, um, yeah, that'll be next in uh, in anticipation of uh, the new Jurassic World with some right. familiar faces. Yeah, some familiar faces. Yeah, yeah, it feels good to be revisiting uh, films again and and going in depth, especially since um, this one is definitely one of my favorite movies. 
Um, and uh, Jurassic Park, I hold very dear dear to me as well. So I'm excited to do that. 